Welcome to Life Without Secrets. Do you often find yourself comparing your life to your friends on social media? You see the glamour, the success, the perfect family, the perfect kids, the awesome vacations. But what's really behind the highlight reel? In Life Without Secrets, we are going to dive deep and reveal the secrets, struggles, and strategies people have used in real life to get to who they are now and who they are becoming. Because the truth is, nobody is perfect, and you are never alone in what you're going through. So don't forget to subscribe to the show, because it's time to connect on a deeper level and grow together. Happy Monday. So today we're going to talk about a topic that I think a lot of couples don't talk about, especially with other people, because it seems kind of private. But behind closed doors, I feel like it is one of the two most common things that people fight about in marriage. So what are the two most common things people fight about in marriage? What do you think, babe? Well, it's always going to be sex and money. (laughs) Yep, you're right. So today we're going to talk about having different sexual desires. And I know, I feel like this is so, it's it's a difficult topic to, for us to even talk about on here, but I'm just thankful it's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we've had all kinds of ups and downs in this area, just like I'm sure many of you have. And I won't say that we have figured it out. We will tell you that because we have focused a lot on our communication, we are to the point where we can have conversations about it and kind of come from a place of understanding and then both feel heard and not have so many unmet expectations. So for us, you know, there's a few things that we wanted to mention here. So first of all, I just want to tell you guys that Shanti Don and Dr. Michael Sistisma, which I might be totally butchering that, but they have a book out, but they did a lot of research on this topic and they found that 79% of all couples are mismatched in expectations about frequency in sexual experiences alone. So how often do you want to have sex with your partner? So there's a 79% of people that have a mismatch when it comes to how many times a week or how many times a month or what that looks like for each person. So you're definitely not alone when it comes to this topic. (laughs) Um, For us, I will say that um, I think that in relationships, you know, like we've talked about before, like it's, things are easy in the beginning, right? You have this like, you know, lust and desire and um, curiosity. And, you know, then I think it's just natural to go through different life transitions, whether that's marriage or having your first baby, or then transitioning from having a baby to, um, you know, two babies and from having little kids to then having, you know, kids in elementary school, and then also transitioning to then having teenagers and, you know, finding the times and the places and, you know, and then the desire, you know, it can be really difficult. And I feel like this is just something that I felt like, you know, we should just at least bring this up because I know that a lot of people feel like they're struggling alone behind closed doors about this. And you know, I think that it's good to know, like, Hey, you're not alone. You know, there's 79% of couples that also have similar struggles. So here is 
a few things that we, through our own struggles, have developed um, in the last like two years. Um, it's almost been two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, we we tried it on our own, and this was also something that we worked through during therapy. And most of it was like how to communicate, and then down to the sexual differences and things. I will say in the beginning of our relationship, it was good. And then we transitioned into marriage and having kids. And, you know, I think for me, it was the desire really changed. And it was obviously a combination of multiple factors. It was like one, you know, it's when you're touched all day by little kids, sometimes it's hard to be like continuously touched after that, like when it comes to, you know, at the end of the day and you just want to like lay your head down and not be touched for five minutes. (laughs) Um, And then it also is like when you're transitioning, it's also because you're not spending the time that you used to with your partner. So, you know, before you have kids, it's easy to like find a date night or do something new with your partner And I think when you start having kids, like, you know, you're no longer just holding hands with them anymore. Like you hold your kid's hand, you, um, you have to plan a date night because you have to figure out babysitting and, you know, it's, it's like this whole other realm of your relationship. Mm -hmm. It's not always easy anymore. So I think number, number one is like, you got to build trust and you got to have trust in your relationship. And you have to feel safe to go to your partner and be able to communicate these things like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. These are my real feelings about that. And when you're about to have that conversation, I think it's really important to think about like a good time and place to have that conversation. For me personally, um, late at night and in our bed is never a good time to have a conversation. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like we've learned that the hard way of like, getting in literal arguments and fights, I would almost even call it like, you know, late at night, we're both exhausted. Um, you know, and we bring those conversations to our bed and it never ends well. And so for us, it's been like, Hey, this, like, even if you're just, even if you're brushing your teeth and you really needed to have that conversation, like, have it while you're brushing your teeth, you know, before you get in your bed, I think is so important. And going back to our experience, you know, like we, after had, after we had kids, I had these feelings. I wasn't discussing these feelings with Mike um, and how I was feeling. We weren't making time for each other. Mike was working really hard. And at the end of the day, I'll be honest, like I felt like an object. And it was a total turnoff for me. And I built this wall up and it was like, every time it even happened, every time we'd have sex, it was almost like a resentful thing. And it really made it so it became like a negative thing in my mind. And so when we went to therapy, we really also had to work through that and rebuilding that trust for me to feel safe to have those conversations so that we can grow our intimacy and how what I want to know from your perspective. Yeah. I mean, this is life without secrets, right? right? <laughs> it sure is. So, I mean, I, I think that 
you know, the place that we come on this and, and talk from vulnerability is in hopes that it helps somebody not have to go through these struggles. Mm-hmm. You know, I sit here and, you know, hear Jill talking about it and it still kind of brings me back and it's like, oh my gosh, I wish I could have known this before and earlier. So just kind of reiterating the the fact of the matter is, you know, this isn't easy. It's not something that we're taught about. And I mean, at least in my home, it was never even taught. No. Like, Mm-mm. no clue. Like, well, you have sex and when do you do it? Like, you know, when do you talk about it? You know, what are the pros and cons and, and how do you have a, a you know, a, a healthy sex life? You know, yeah. it's like mm-hmm. there's nothing in today's world that teaches you how to do that. And then, you know, when you talk about faith-based and you start looking at, you know, really biblically backed, you know, you're not supposed to have sex before marriage. And I think, you know, I can speak for us, like a lot of people I know were having sex before marriage, Mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, it's like totally, you know, we put ourselves in this situation, like we didn't follow uh, the rules of what we probably should have followed, which would probably have helped us in this situation. But that being said, a lot of the pains and the heartaches and the things that I dealt with as a man, as you know, we go through this. It's it's awesome to see like the progress that we've had over the last couple of years. Praise and the progress. <laughs> really, really seeing like where we're going. Um, it's exciting. You know, that's fun. And that's what marriage is about. That's what, you know, loving somebody is about. And, you know, I'm just grateful that our marriage has been able to go through this so we can tell our testimony mm-hmm. and share it with other people. So that way, hopefully, you know, in hopes that it helps another couple out there or another married couple, or maybe you're at just wit's end and you're, you know, you're, you got stinking thinking about, you know, something that shouldn't be, you know, thought about this way, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's all, that's what my initial thoughts are as you kind of speak from that standpoint. Yeah. So I want to talk about how there's like initiators and then responders. And when I say that, I mean, like, I think a lot of men, and this is some women too, but they are more of like the initiator, right? Like they have this sexual desire that just is like instant in you. Am I right? You're the crock pot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the, what am I? <laughs> I told him uh, he's the pressure cooker. The pressure cooker. <laughs> so he called- I got to turn that crock pot on in the morning and hopefully it's ready by the evening. <laughs> um. So we have just like with the way we approach sex is differently. Like he is like ready. I feel like any time of day um, I am, I call call him the pressure cooker. He puts the pressure on. He's, he's ready to go. Like he'll warm up real quick. He doesn't take much. And I am definitely more of a crock pot. Like you have to warm me up, spend some time with me, like making me feel loved. Like, you know, and, and then like uh, when it comes down to it, like I I feel wait, awkward. Wait, I gotta add something. And then when it comes down to it, she's like, "Can we do the quick version?" <laughs> okay, <laughs> like <now> really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm thinking about like, oh man, how many hours of sleep am I gonna get? <laughs> like for me, it totally wakes me up, and then I'm like, and it puts him to bed, right? And so <laughs> I'm over here just wide awake afterwards. And I'm like, Oh man, I could have gone to sleep 30 minutes ago. And now I'm only going to get six <laughs> hours of sleep. Uh, this, mm-hmm. this is just all honesty of what real, life. What, real life over here, but like what goes through our minds, but going back to initiating, like, I feel like 
there is a lot more men statistically that are initiators because they have this like desire that they don't need something to like warm it up. It just is there and it, it can happen. For me, and I think um, I've read somewhere that it's like 73% of women are responders where our sexual desire doesn't start until after the intimacy has started. So like after you've started the initiation process and you've kind of warmed us up, started that crock pot, (laughs) (laughs) Um, warmed us up and then it, then our mind goes, okay, like, okay, I can get warmed up to this idea. This is okay. Like, you know, my uh uh-oh alarms are not going off. Like it's like, I have to just let my body start to relax and then it starts to like enjoy it. And then I can get like, okay with the idea. I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. But for me, it doesn't just like, it's not just like this, like, oh, I'm ready to go. And so I think for us, what, because we have that difference where he, he looks at me for a long time and you can speak to this, but he felt like abandoned almost, right. Or rejected. That was the word that you would use Mm -hmm. because he would want me to want him. And I'm, and I was like, well, it's not that I don't want you. It's just that like, it feels weird for me to initiate. Like I'm, I don't have that. Like, Oh my gosh, like, Oh, let me go get you. Like, I don't, it's just not the way my brain looks at it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was having that conversation of like, Hey, like, it doesn't mean I don't want you. It doesn't mean that I don't want to have sex. It just means like, Hey, can you initiate? Because it, that's hard, hard for me. It doesn't feel natural to me and I need to get like warmed up to this idea in my body and in my brain and then I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to know your thoughts. (laughs) I don't have many thoughts. You don't have many thoughts on that? (laughs) No, no. Uh, um, I, I think it's just, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, I think it's funny because a lot of times maybe men have it going down in their head a little differently. Yeah, like, that's what I want to know. I want you to bring that. Well, I mean, I think the reality is like you want your wife to, you know, initiate. You want your wife to be like, hey, babe, like I miss you. And, I'm, you know, and then, you know, just to come on to you, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. that's I guess that's a little bit different. That's just, you know, and it, like you said, it's not everybody. It's not yeah. everything. It's not always because there's a lot of times that you have come on to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the reality is, right. Most of the time or the majority of the time, this is kind of where you're at. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, I think it's, you know, I think it's understandable, especially when you hear these statistics and you start hearing more and more of these things, you know, it's just a matter of, I think it goes back to the frequency, you know, I think it's the frequency. And then, you know, we've talked about this, but I think, you know, it's really one of those things for married couples is you know, getting it on the schedule. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we've talked about goal setting and planning. And if it's really important to you, then put it on your calendar, right? And what does that look like? And that's where, you know, getting the frequency down, right? Because I want it every day. And And I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, one day we'll get there. But the idea is just kind of understanding the importance of the frequency and then you know, kind of meeting in the middle or trying to help each other 
see what it is that you each need and what makes you feel good and what makes you really what makes you feel wanted and and not rejected. And, you know, it's, it's a fine balance, you know, especially for me being in, you know, sales and leadership and, you know, all of these things, it's like, you know, being very transparent. It's like, holy cow. Like, I know I feel 10 times better when I know my wife is like, you know, me and my wife are on the same page sexually. Right. I think it's important to be able to say, Hey, me and my wife are connected. We're, you know, dealing with intimacy. We've never been more intimate than we are today. Right. And I love that feeling to be able to say, Hey, like our, our love life is incredible, you know, and that's important as a man, you know what I mean? To me, it's, it's Mm -hmm. important as a, I would assume, you know, that, you know, Hey, that means that we're having not only a great marriage, but, you know, our kids get to see that mom and dad love each other and they're intimate with each other. Not obviously that, but (laughs) seeing that they love each other around the house and then we're goofing off and we're, you know, playing with each other or whatever, you know, sometimes I might go go a little far. Um, Okay. Wait, I need to just tell this story because (laughs) this is too good not to tell. Um, Okay. So Mike over here um, will kind of tap smack my butt, you know, here and there. And um, when backside, <laughs> whatever, and um, playfully, and I would always be like, you can't do that. You know, like the kids are going to do that. Well, sure enough, <laughs> we go to the gym one day and this is like, uh, what, two or three years ago now? Oh, when Blake was probably what, like three, three or four. Three yeah. Or, yeah. I think he was like three. Mm-hmm. So we go to the gym and um, he's in the back being watched and we're working out and he smacks the lady <laughs> in there on her butt. And he just thought it was like no big deal. And, uh, and she told us later, she was like, um, and it was, it was obviously totally fine. And she thought it was really funny. And, but I was like, see, I told you, you can't be doing that. <laughs> So then we have to go explain to our three-year-old who didn't understand whatever we were saying, but yeah. it's uh, caught, not taught is what they say. Right. And yep. that's, that's very true. Um, so yeah, you have to, those are the first conversations on uh, physical intimacy that we had to have with our children. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so I think, you know, it comes down to, um, Yeah. And frequency is just, I think this is something that like, it's going to look different for every couple. I mean, we know people that have like the 72 hour rule and, you know, like after 72 hours, like they, they'll, instead of having it like on their calendar written, they'll, they'll just both know that like, okay, this is what we're doing, you know? And so they're on the same page, um, you know, but it can look different for everybody. Um, but things, some steps that might help you. Oh, Sorry. Bless you. So some steps that might help you navigate this sensitive topic um, is number one, go back and listen to our communication episode um, and get better at communicating um, and then choose the right time and place to have that communication. So usually select a time when you guys are both relaxed and have some privacy. I know when you have little kids, that's difficult. Um, avoid obviously discussing the topic when you're like frustrated, you know, it's, it's, we sometimes want to lash out when we're not feeling heard or, um, 
you know, in an argument and we'll bring those things up, but it's really the worst time to bring something like that up. Um, so make sure you're choosing the right time and place. And then when you're expressing your feelings, obviously we've heard this before, but use I statements, um, rather than starting to blame them or, you know, um, you don't do this or you don't care about me or you, you know, always never. Yeah. Yeah. The, we're not allowed to use those. And that was something we got out of therapy too. (laughs) Um, we're not allowed to use always never. What are those called? Um, I can't remember. Um, and then obviously practice active listening, which we've done episodes on that as well. Um, and make sure that you're allowing both people to share their perspective and then identify and validate each other's needs and feelings. So, because I think when we validate the other person, it makes, it makes us feel safe. Like when he, when he listens to me and then he can understand, like if it's, if, you know, maybe we planned, like we were going to have sex that night and we go to bed and I am wiped. I've had a difficult day with the kids or work or whatever, um, or vice versa. Maybe he has, you know, it's like, Hey, I can tell you're really tired. Like, what are you, how are you feeling? And I'm like, you know what? I'm just really wiped. And he's like, Hey, do you want to, you want to, you know, talk about it tomorrow? You want to do it tomorrow? And it's, and it makes me feel seen. It makes me feel like my feelings are validated, you know, that like I matter. It's not just, you know, something on our calendar. Like we have our priorities, but life happens and life can be difficult sometimes. What so, are you laughing about? <laughs> so I've gotten good at this, guys. I've been in sales all my life. Oh, okay. The truth comes Sometimes out. I get in bed and I say, babe, I really want to do it tonight, but we're going to have to do it tomorrow. I can already tell she's not in the mood. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he thinks he's so sneaky. I already knew that. Um, and then this is leading up to my next um, point is explore compromise. So look for areas of compromise. There's life is, life is a struggle sometimes, and sometimes there is a gap between your expectations and reality. Mm-hmm. And we you just have to have some grace in each other, with each other, um, in all areas of life. And when you have those times, it's another point I want to make is like brainstorm the solutions. Like, Hey, like, it's not just, Hey, we're not going to do it tonight. It's, Hey, you know, I know you're tired. Let's revisit this tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, we both know, okay, like that sounds good. I feel validated. And then we have a solution too. I think that's really helpful. And then obviously like we have, there is no shame here. Like consider getting some professional help. If this is something that you're struggling with, the two most common things people divorce or get a divorce from are sex and money. Like it's written all over the place. If this is something that you're struggling with, it's worth getting some help from. Um, and we just felt like we wanted to open up the conversation here because it is such an important topic. And like we were thinking about it and we're like, yeah, we really don't, we wouldn't really like go discuss this with our friends necessarily. (laughs) Like it's not like a topic that we really talk about, but like how sad at the same time, because I'm like, well, then people are just struggling behind closed doors thinking that they're the only ones that struggle with it. I mean, I feel like you've said that to me like before, right? Like 
you've kind of felt like, oh, you just weren't wanted or you, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like, no, it has nothing to do with that. Like, it's really just, you know, I'm having a different desire and I want to feel heard and I want to have a conversation and a solution. Well, and I think, you know, just kind of piggybacking on that point that you just talked about is, you know, this is life without secrets, right? Mm-hmm. It really yeah. is like the, we literally were sitting here debating before we did this podcast and yeah, yeah. are we really talking about this? Mm-hmm. It's as awkward as can be, um, mm-hmm. but it's, it's needed. And that's why I think, you know, telling your testimony and not being afraid to go get help. And, you know, the cool part about this is, you know, go get a coach, right? I mean, these are great areas to get a coach in. You know, this is one thing mm-hmm. that we're exploring, um, you know, find a coach that can, know you and get to know you and get to know each other and really help you guys get to where you need to be. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's a powerful topic because we have, you know, coaches in math, we got coaches for football and this and that, you know, why not get a coach for something that's the most important thing that you pretty much do Mm -hmm. in the world, which is be a great, you know, husband, a great lover, you know, all of these things, you know, that we bring in, you know, parenting coaches, right. These are things that I believe, the world is really lacking and it's just exciting to be able to provide these resources. So hopefully this helps. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I want to go back to the emotional intimacy because, you know, you need to recognize also that sexual desire can be highly influenced by emotional connection. So if you're having trouble in your bedroom, a lot of the times like you do need to have um, a better emotional connection outside of your bedroom. And that was, that was the hugest thing for me. And, you know, one of the things we did was the adventure challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it gave us a reason and it gave us date ideas. It's called the adventures challenge, adventure challenge couples edition. And you scratch off dates. It tells you exactly what you'll need. So it takes the guessing out of it. it take, all you have to do is get a babysitter for actually for some of them. Some of them will say you don't even need one. You can put your kids to bed or do it with them. It doesn't matter. Um, but it'll tell you exactly what you need. And it just takes like the pressure off of like figuring out something to do. And it's usually like new things that you may not have thought about to do for a date night, which is how you build like curiosity in your relationship. You build trust and it brings fun back into your relationship so you can continue to grow together. Mm-hmm. So it's just so important to address these things. And it's so important to remember that addressing differing sexual desires also requires patience understanding and commitment to work as a team. So hope you guys, um, hope this helps everybody. And can I make a prediction? Oh yeah. This will be the number one listen to podcast. <laughs> That's my prediction. Oh, when you, when you got titles about this, I'm guessing when you listen to it, my guess is this will be the number one podcast. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I hope it opens up a communication for more people so they don't feel alone in what they're going through. Until next time, sending you a giant hug. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Life Without Secrets. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Once again, thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.